This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host, Shane Grove. And uh, we want to wish everybody, well, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and uh, and a Happy New Year as we as we charge full force into 2024 here. So uh, just to remind everybody before we bring our guest on that if you want to uh, follow us on Facebook, you can find us at From the Shadows podcast. You can find our forum page at After the Shadows. You can find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author or from the Shadows podcast uh, Instagram page. You can also just go to our website uh, from shadowspodcast.com and hit the contact button and send me an email if you have an experience or anything that you just want to share with share with me. Um, even a good recipe. I'll take a good recipe if you want to share that too. So, so um and then if you really want extra content, you can't get enough of just the regular From the Shadows podcast. You can find us on Patreon at From the Shadows podcast and sign up to get our episodes early, commercial free, and there's some extra content on there. Um, we'd love to have you hang out over there too. So with that being said, I'm going to bring on a guest who um, was highly recommended from a previous guest. Uh, if you anybody... You know, our loyal listeners remember Shane Shane Spencer, uh, who had some some great Bigfoot stories uh, from Ohio, uh, and he he told me I got to get a hold of this guy Robert Swanger. Actually, he said Robert Swinger, but we won't we won't we won't go into any more detail of what Shane Spencer might be talking about. So so Robert. Welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I've been looking forward to talking to you for for a couple of weeks now. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. Appreciate it, Shane. So, so we know. So I know a little bit more about what you, um, you know, what you're going to talk about. But the main thing that you that Shane um, said was that you you were into some Bigfoot research. And maybe do you do some Bigfoot research with him, or how does how did you guys' worlds uh, collide, so to speak? Sure. Um, well, I've been uh, doing the paranormal research for a uh, number of years now, and the uh, uh, one of my partners, well, my, my good partner Jim, he uh, he and I decided we wanted to do more with the Bigfoot. It's honestly stuff that we've always been much more interested in, even than the, the paranormal. So. Um, we started just trying to reach it out and make some contacts and uh, we ended up uh, getting in touch with uh, Dave Wickham. We met him at a, uh, at a Bigfoot conference and this would have been January of 2020. And so uh, 
we got a chance later that year to meet up with him. He introduced us to Shane. Um, and yeah, just the whole relationship from there just kind of blossomed. So, so you have a paranormal background then that's what you're, that's the, the thing you started out in and now were you, did you get bored with the paranormal or did you just think, you know, there's even, there's more to what we're, we're investigating and you kind of want to see what else was out there. Um, well, it, it's, I wouldn't say I got bored with it, but I wanted to, uh, I really always wanted to do more of the Bigfoot stuff. And, and I, I'd done some Bigfoot research on my own, um, you know, in the past, nothing as extravagant as, uh, what some people have done, but the, um, but it went to, you know, Jim and I made up our minds. We we're going to do that and meeting up with Dave and meeting up with Shane, uh, really got into it a whole lot more and doing much, uh, doing more expeditions out in the forest, uh, checking out the, the sightings, areas of sightings. So yeah, it's been a, it's been great. Uh, it's always been a topic that I've been interested in ever since I was a kid. Um, much more so than any of the other mysteries that always uh, captured my attention. Uh, probably because that one just seemed like it was the most plausible. So that, so that of everything, see, gosh, I get, when we get into this, I can't wait to see what you, I, I don't want to ask the question yet. I'll wait, I'll wait. Okay. Cause I got, I got it written <laughs> down here. I want to see, but so let's, so let's talk about the, the Bigfoot stuff then first. Um, what, how has this worked out? I mean, you, so you've gone out, you've done some research, you've gone out and done some, uh, I mean, I don't want to call them expeditions, but you, but that's kind of what, you know, d done some investigations, so to speak. Yeah. What, what have you, you know, have you experienced some stuff yourself? You know, what, what, what are your thoughts about what's going on here, here in Ohio, especially? Sure. Um, well, uh, the answer to your one question, yes, I've definitely had some experiences, um, multiple different, uh, multiple experiences. I think anyone who goes out there and spends any amount of time probably has at least a couple. Um, uh, I'd like to take a skeptical approach to the research. So I'm not just every time I hear a, a you know, piece of wood break or, you know, hear something fall in the woods, I don't just automatically assume it's, it's Bigfoot, but, um, but I've definitely had some experiences that were very hard to explain. Um, I think um, one, I mean, the, just I'll share but my very first experience ever really was uh, I grew up in, uh, uh, in uh, Dark County, Ohio, and I actually lived uh, on the, the Dark Crubble County line. So okay. that's the county line road. And I remember um, waking up in the middle of the night, I was probably about 13, and we we're in the country and it was all farming country that, out there. And the, um, I remember, uh, you know, we didn't have air conditioning in the house. So you, in the summer, he slept with the windows open and I had a dog and always slept with me. We woke up in the middle of the night and this dog was uh, in the window. The bed was pushed up against the wall under the window and the dog was in the window, just whimpering and whining and crying. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And I thought, you know, neighbor's dog is in, in the, in the yard or something. And she's getting upset. And, and I'm out there looking and trying to see if I can see anything. And, um, and all of a sudden I noticed that there's this long drawn out kind of a moaning sound and I didn't know what to describe it. And I could just listen to it and listen to it. And it just kept going on and on. And at first I thought, well, it's gotta be the farmers, one of his dairy cows, you know, 
like, well, that ain't no dairy cow. And plus, the sound sounds like it's coming from too far away to be one of the, you know, from the dairy farm. So, you know, I probably listened to this for 20, 15, 20 minutes, I'm guessing, until I finally just, like, you know, I just got to go back to sleep and the dog settled down and, and uh, that was it. Well, years later, uh, it was on the BFRO website and they had the, um, the recording of the Ohio Howl from 1994. I know everyone's familiar with that one. And when I listened to that howl, I got chills because it was the exact same noise that I had heard in my youth that night in the summer with that dog. So uh, that was probably my first experience. Wow, that's kind of that's good. It be, and probably be glad that you didn't realize at 13 what it was you were hearing out there. <laughs> you know, right? It might have scarred me for life. <laughs> and I can imagine, I mean, I, I grew up out in the country too, this, you know, similar, no air conditioning, the windows open and, and noises that are miles away do sound, you know, close. And I, and I think if it's hard to describe to people when you do grow up out in the country and there is nobody around, you know, oh, yeah. um, like my nearest neighbor was half mile down the road, you know, and we were, there's two road, two name, two people on the same stone road, you know, stone road. I did say that, right. I grew up on a stone, <laughs> stone road. Okay. So I understand that. Like I could, I'm, I'm right there with you that, that as a kid, that would just, you know, be amazing to hear and especially not know, not know what it was for sure. So, yeah. And I was and this was, I mean, again, I was 13, maybe around that time, give or take. And so you're figuring this is probably around 1984. This is easily 10 years before Matt Moneymaker made that Ohio Howl recording. And then completely opposite sides of the state, because uh, where I grew up, it's more considered Southwest Ohio. So, uh, but when I heard that on the, on the internet, you know, years later, I, I immediately recognized it for what it was. And since then, I've heard that one more time. Uh, I was backpacking with a good buddy of mine, Dan, um, years ago at the Zaleski State Forest. And I woke up in the middle of the night, heard some barred owls, was sitting and listening to them. And then all of a sudden, way off into the, even way even further away than when I was a kid, I heard that same howl again. And I woke him up uh, to listen to it. And he was a big skeptic. And even he was like, wow, that's, that's creepy and had no explanation for it. Now, where is this Zelensky? Where's that at? Where's that part? Uh, Zelensky State Forest is uh, near Lake Hope. So it's kind of uh, southwest of uh, Nelsonville. So you got Wayne National Forest and Hocking Hills area. Okay. So right. it's near there. Okay. So that's like the southeastern part of the state. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be right. more south, south. southeast. Yep. Okay. And, um, so did you, you know, so then as you got older and you heard the Ohio howl and you realized maybe what you heard could have been the same, you know, could have been the same thing. Did you start doing some research like around where you grew up, just even like research and reports to see if there was? Well, um, so actually, I actually started it's funny, I hadn't thought about this in a while, but I actually started doing my own investigation when I was, uh, before I even had a driver's license. So, here, okay, so here's the story. I used to get all the books out of the public and school mm -hmm. library, you know, anything I can get my hands on. 
and reading through one of those books, there was a there was a sighting report that uh, in Ohio that they said was either that what was interesting they said it was either Dark or Preble County. They didn't specify which. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I live on Dark Preble County Line Road. So if I gave my address to somebody, how would they know which side of the road I lived on? And so if they were putting this report in their book, they would put Dark or Preble County. So I started riding my bicycle all up and down the road, meeting neighbors I'd never met before, asking them if they ever had seen or witnessed anything. Uh, and surprisingly, a couple of them had. So, so yeah, my, that's my earliest investigation, <laughs> like 14, 15 years old. And so now you never ran into the, the person who was in the book? No, no. Um, it turns out that uh, uh, the road is actually two sections of that road. And I only lived, I lived on the one that was further east. And there was a, another section further west. And, uh, yeah, I never even saw that section of the road until long after I got my driver's license. Didn't even, never had a reason to go down there, so I never knew about it. <laughs> is, uh, isn't, that ama- isn't that amazing? <laughs> like, this, you, you didn't even know, growing up, you didn't even realize that your road uh, was so, was just over a little bit you know that's oh yeah oh yeah well kids kids are oblivious i mean i don't know how many times i've you know when my 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 kids were younger they're like well which way does your bus go i don't know i'm hungry (laughs) i'm talking to my friends looking at my phone i don't pay attention which way the bus goes all right i'm sure i was the same way (laughs) (laughs) i know i remember my kids growing up and going okay what's your your friend what's their last name i don't know what are you talking, talking about? You don't know their last name. You go to school with them. You've gone to school with them for like four years. You know what their last name is. <laughs> so, yeah. so, 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 yeah. So you actually were an early Bigfoot researcher in South, uh, Southwest Ohio. Yeah, I was, I was searching for Bigfoot before searching for Bigfoot was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you hear, so you hear the, um, you hear the Ohio, and then you get so you guys get get hooked up with Shane and those guys. What then? Um, you know what what happens now as an adult? You know, as a, as an old timer, like like, uh, and how and how then did your paranormal experiences and your training as far as investigating? How did you take that into the Bigfoot field with you? Well, the beauty of the two is they're, they're really very related. Um, you know, or, I mean, essentially, you're looking for things that are out of place, uh, something that doesn't seem normal or consistent. Um, even the types of uh, equipment you might use uh, will, will be very much the same. So, so really, it was an easy transition in that respect. Uh, again, I, I take the, a very skeptical approach. Um, so just in paranormal research, you have basically you have three types of, uh, of investigators. You have um, in the scientists, which are, you know, they're trying to look for that physical evidence. You have the sensitives. Those are the people who, you know, have maybe they're more prone to personal experiences. They'll go into a house and they'll say, I can sense something in the room, that kind of thing. Uh, and then you have the skeptics. And I've always taken kind of a cross between the scientific and skeptical always you know whenever somebody brought up something it was always okay well that's probably this that's an easily like we can explain that away you know what do you got that i can't explain away um it's kind of like the old sherlock holmes approach right 
If you remove all the possibilities, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I mean, that's a good way to approach it. I mean, um, like you said, there's other, there's all kinds of ways to approach it. But when it boils right down to it, you know, it's what is it not, and eliminate, you know, eliminate the most obvious things you know so right so you start going out and doing some big foot research where are you guys going and and what are you experiencing um well typically uh, we're, we're we're focused around the Coshocton county area um we've been to uh, salt fork the woodbury wildlife area there's an area they call the aep land um uh, i'm not ashamed to tell you more about that because these local to the area um, but yeah, just, uh, just trying to find any of those remote areas, uh, where we might run into something. Um, a lot, of, you know, obviously like any of this, it's, it's, some of it's dumb luck, you know, just being at the right place at the right time. Um, I mean, if you think about Roger Patterson and his film that he made with Bob Gimlin, I mean, I mean, what dumb luck that you just happened to come up on that thing and, you know, uh, fall off your horse, get your camera out and take, take video of it. It's a, somewhere Stacy Brown, my good friend Stacy Brown's listening to this and he's like, it's not real. How did, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Stacy, I just had to throw that in there for you. But, but yeah, you're right. It does the, you know, and the more um, stories I hear and people I talk to, it sounds almost like unless you are, like you said, stumble upon one of these creatures where they have absolutely no expectation of you being, um, you're not going to see one unless it wants you to see it, unless it's it's trying to prove a point. Right. Well, and, and you look at it like this, it, it, to, to put a military perspective on it, is, um, you know, if, if you're uh, if you're out there in, in the in the woods, you know, you're looking around, you know, and say enemy combatants, uh, you're maybe you're on a scouting mission, recon mission, whatever it is, you know, you're under cover and concealment and you're hiding. And the people who are oblivious to everything going on are the people who are moving around. So if there's going to be contact, the person who's in concealment gets to decide when that, when and if or when that happens. So, Good point. you know, again, it, it's only dumb luck if you're just walking around and bump into the thing. So tell me about some of your dumb luck then out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm going to actually go back a little bit. This would have been around 2001. Um, yeah, it, was, it was before I met my wife. So uh, I was uh, back to Preble County again. So there had been a lot of reports uh, in that area back in the early 80s. But, you know, and you kind of look at that stuff and you think, well, the first couple of them might have been legit. And you wonder how much of that is people jumping on the bandwagon. Oh yeah, I, I I saw something too, you know, because they like the attention. But um, there was a couple of very uh, interesting reports. Um, this would have been south of Eaton, Ohio. There was an air, uh, there was a road. It's closed now. It's been closed for decades. But uh, it was uh, there was a bridge called Roberts Bridge. Um, I don't know why I remember that, but it's uh, the um, that bridge is actually in the fairgrounds now. So they picked it up and moved it into the fairgrounds. Oh, okay, okay. So there was a story back in the eight. So again, this road is completely closed off, um, non-existent. And uh, the story was that a couple boys playing, walking walk their dog, 
saw something that chased them for a little bit and you know they were petrified right so fast forward 2001 i decided to go check this out i mapped it out and i drove my truck and i pulled off the adjacent road and the old road is still there it's just overgrown and there's cornfield on both sides so i walked to the tree line and i'm by myself you know and um when I get just inside the tree line on the road, what's the only thing that's left is all these, you know, the big giant uh, uh, mound of concrete, uh, broken up concrete. So I'm assuming from when they pulled the bridge, they had busted up all this concrete and it is left it there in a big pile. Well, it's, it's wide, it's huge. And I'm trying to figure out how to get around it. And finally I'm like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna climb over. I guess there's, you know, just be careful. Don't get hurt. And I start to climb over it, and one of the one of the um, pieces of concrete tumbles a little bit, makes some loud noise. And as soon as it does, I hear something make one big splash and then two smaller splashes from the creek. And immediately in my mind, and, and again, I want to be careful here because, um, you know, I'm going in there checking out a, a, you know, Bigfoot report from decades prior. So I've already got Bigfoot on the brain. Um, but what it sounded like to me, it literally sounded like something jumped into the water with two feet and then took two steps. So it was like a splash, splash, splash. So I just freeze and I'm like listening. Is there going to be any more movement? It's, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's got to be a deer. It's got to be something, right? And I can't see anything. I don't know what's below me. I, I, you know, what's on the other side of this mound. I don't know how far the water is. I don't know anything. It's, it's like August, everything's overgrown. And so I just, you know, keep looking, I keep looking, I keep listening. And eventually after a little bit, I start to hear some really deep, heavy breathing. I mean, like heavy breathing. I, I'm a big guy. I, I'm six, seven, I'm well over 300 pounds. And that's all you're getting at me on that one. But, um, yeah, but this was heavier breathing that I'm capable of. And I could just hear it, you know, oh, oh, just breathing in and out, like nervously, like something. So basically it was almost whatever it was, it was like a, like a Mexican standoff, you know, it's waiting to see what I'm going to do. I'm waiting to see what it's going to do. And at this point, I just kind of felt a fear come over me. Um, and I decided I don't want to, I don't want to be here. And I literally backed up out of that away from that uh, mound of busted up concrete out of the tree line. And I continued to back up for probably another 30 yards before I finally was willing to turn my back to the trees. And I, I did not get a sense of calm until I actually got in my truck and closed the door. And then I just sat there waiting to see if something was going to jump out of the woods. Um, and again, I'm by myself, I'm not armed. So I, you know, who knows? It could have been anything, but it was uh, it was definitely a weird situation, weird uh, experience. I I just want to point out to all to all, all the listeners. Um, I mean, I'm a big dude too. You're a little bit you're a little bit bigger than me, okay? And for somebody your size to be scared <laughs> of something they can't see says a lot because i mean i'll just say it like you know it 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 does make you a little bit 
braver if you can look around and see that you're bigger than everybody else, <laughs> bigger than everybody oh, else. Oh, definitely. It, and so, and so to um, to imagine a guy of your size, and you don't even you're not even seeing what's out there, and you're feeling fear. I I can only imagine because at first I'm like you're saying, you know, you hit these rocks, and I'm like. Well, maybe there were rocks that fell in the water, you know, and that's because, you know, maybe it was a, it was the concrete. And then when you said the breathing, then that's like, OK, well, concrete doesn't breathe. So. Right. <laughs> OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I can tell you that, um, I mean, it was one one rock, one uh, one piece of concrete that rolled, and it rolled towards me. Um, later, I did get a chance to go back, uh, and I went with some friends, and we kind of explored the area a little bit more. And what I did find was where the, the, the pile of concrete is, it's probably another 25 feet till you get to the edge of where the bridge used to be, to where oh, you can actually see down. Um, and then from there, it's about 12 feet down to the, the water level, I'm guessing. You know, it's a little bit of estimate here, but it's about 12 feet down. Um, and so, you know, I, I mean, I didn't see any evidence of anything, but, and, um, you know, it, it kind of put a little bit more in perspective. It's like, okay, well, it made me wonder, okay, well, what, whatever this thing was, how tall was it? that I could hear it all the way from back here through the trees and all the brush. Um, so I'm not, it, it's, I'll never know the answer to that one. Wow. Well, <laughs> look, I, I, I don't know, man. I, that's why, that's why I don't go out there looking for this stuff <laughs> because <laughs> of that very re I mean, it, and there was no part of you that thought, man, I just got to get a closer look. I can hear it. I know it's right over there. Uh, there was no part of you that, that, that was kind of like, come on, just, just take a look. Oh, I, yeah, I would say there was a part of me that, that felt that way until I heard the breathing. Um, but I was trying to be careful because I didn't want to make more noise and end up scaring off whatever it was. I was afraid, oh, okay, I'm going to scare this thing off and then I'll never get to see it. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to, get over the, 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 the concrete until I heard the breathing. And then it just like, all bets were off at that point. It was like, okay, yeah, I'm out of here. Oh, man. So, and so now you went back with, with friends. Now, have you gone back anymore? Because, I mean, that seems like a place that would be worth really going and investigating. Um, 
I mean, yes and no, but not not since that time. Um, I did speak with a with a lady that lives right there in the area, and there's also like a, a private gun club right there, and uh, she had shared with me that they had some experiences uh, in that same area, and that they had uh, even found in the snow they had found tracks, um, big wow. you know human looking footprints in the snow, um, you know you know. 15, I'm guessing what she said now, I've spent so long, but, you know, but bigger than normal. I mean, I wear a size 16 and my foot is 12 inches in length from the heel to toe. So, um, you know, bigger than what she said, was bigger than what my feet are. And the, um, there was also another reported sighting on an adjacent road right near there. Uh, that Creek right there is called seven mile Creek. Um, yeah, there was another sighting around that same time with those kids where a mother and daughter were driving on an adjacent road and, um, and the daughter saw something in the, in, uh, running up the side of the hill. Uh, the mom almost missed it, uh, but she was driving. She's not looking, you know, she's watching the road. And, uh, that was one that was investigated, uh, by, um, uh, by a guy at the time. And I spoke with that guy. Uh, I wish I could remember his name now. Um, but he was a he was a well known uh, investigator in the area, but um, but yeah, he lives down in Cincinnati area. I can't remember his name now. So it's not, I mean, it sounds like that where Dark and Preble County come together is a is a really good uh, hop. And then I and I the, here's the thing is we always think of Eastern Ohio, like where you guys are talking about where you're researching now or going out. As the mm -hmm. as where all the activity is, but I think that's just because nobody pays attention to the western side because there does seem to be a lot of activity from Indiana over there into into Ohio. Sure, well, and if you look at the topography, I mean, mostly you know, like Preble County, we're talking due west of Dayton, Ohio. Um, so Eaton, Eaton is uh, Eaton and Dayton are both on US 35. They're both uh, right on right just south of I 70. So um, when you get to that topography, like all of almost all of Dark County is pretty much flat. Um, once you get into Preble County across the county line, it starts to get really hilly and stuff. Um, and like a perfect example, on the north end of Dayton, if you're north of Dayton at topography, you can drill for a well and have well water in your house. You go. Once you get south of Dayton, you can't. The, the whole everything's different there. The the again, I'm not an I'm not a geology expert, but I know the topography is totally different. You start to get hilly, it gets rocky. Um, people and you people have to have cisterns uh, rather than wells. Hmm. So. so so you so your dumb luck prevailed and you and, and you escaped. Right. You escaped to to uh, see another day. So. So that didn't deter you. I mean, I gotta be honest. No. Before we get, before you even get into the paranormal, that right there would have to be scarier than any incident of going into a haunted house or the prison or anywhere looking for. Oh, I agree. Looking for go, looking for ghosts. Holy smoke! So, so uh, now I, I on that note, I remember uh, when I first met Amy Boo. Um, she had said, oh, you do paranormal? There's no way I can do that. That's too scary. And I replied, what are you talking about? A ghost isn't going to rip both of your arms off and beat you to death with them. <laughs> oh, and Amy Boo's pretty fearless. So I, I, oh, think, yeah. she'd, I think she'd do just fine. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. 
on a ghost <laughs> on a ghost hunt. So okay, so that didn't scare you off from looking for um you know going bigfoot hunting. So what so so what has happened since then? Um well uh, as far as uh, incidents so we had um that night that uh, when I first met Shane and uh Dave. So uh, the first thing that happened I gotta back up a couple days. So leading up to that night um, this was early August. Um, I was still on summer break for my job, and the um, it was a Saturday. I thought we're going to meet on Tuesday. It's Saturday. I'm bored. You know what? I'm just going to drive out there and I'm going to explore and get a lay of the land. So I did. I was just by myself. I drove all the way out there. I live uh, north of Columbus, north of Delaware, uh, Ohio, and the um, so I drove out there. It's almost an hour and a half, and. You know, I'm just driving around these back roads, following GPS, following maps, and just seeing what's what. And, and uh, I've been doing this for a while. At one point, I stopped. I, I pulled over in my vehicle, and I get out. Not to be gross, but uh, I, I had to relieve myself. So I, there was this gate, and I went behind this gate, behind this tree, and I relieved myself. Made a quick video. And it was funny. I don't make videos. I'm not big on that. But knowing that my that Jim and other partner, Brian, were going to meet us there, I said, I'm going to make a quick video saying, hey, here I, here I am, this place looks awesome, can't wait to see you guys on Tuesday, you know, you know, let's, let's check you out later. So I made the quick video, got back in the car, and I just kept driving. Eventually, I went home. Well, on Tuesday, uh, I meet Jim, and uh, Brian couldn't come out, but I met Jim, and we're just driving around, and uh, I get to that same place, he's following me, where I had parked, and I had relieved myself. And Right where my vehicle had been parked, there was a tree had fallen over. I mean, like if my car had still been there, it would have crushed the, the top of my car. And um, I'm like, what in the world? So I pull over, he pulls over, and I tell him, dude, this is where I made that video. That, that tree was not there, you know, three, four days ago. So we, we check it out, and it broke off pretty high. Later, we showed it to Dave Wickham, and you know he measured it. He had tape measure, and he said uh, it, it was broken off right at 10 feet. And none of us could find any damage to the tree, like you know, from woodpeckers or from disease or insects or anything that would have made it weak. It wasn't a huge tree, but it was, uh, you know, I would say it was maybe 10 inches in diameter, maybe a little, give or take, and. Um, it was just funny that it was right there, and I uh, I always wondered if did something get upset because I quote unquote marked its territory. It's exactly what I it's exactly what I thought I, when you said that. Like, I'll I mean, show you. You know, you're not going to get a chance to come back here and uh, do that again. You know. Yeah, and maybe in some primitive logic, it thought if I put it, if I knock the tree over there where it can't park its car there again. You know, talking about me, of course. I don't know. I, I mean, but we, we could find no reasonable explanation why that tree falling. And I even, once I got home, I even went so far as to look at the weather. And um, all, all the, the weather was mild for those days. There was no rain. There was no heavy winds of any kind. And, again, it was the only tree that fell. Um, and it fell, and, and if it had been a wind gust, it fell in the completely opposite direction. Of what did, where a wind gust would have taken it. Did you go back and like really dissect that video and see if like maybe something was there watching that you didn't that you didn't 
catch? I did, and I did not see anything. Um, but according to Dave, and he knows that area uh, as good as anybody, um, you know, he said that that hill above where that tree was, um, you know, they, he claims that there's where uh, they have what they, he calls watchers, that they would be checking on who's coming in and out of the area and, uh, you know, keeping their uh, their tribe or their whatever they you want to call them, their group safe from uh, intruders. That's not creepy at all, right? I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. And and again, and again, like I said, like okay, we're talking about. And I don't want to, I don't want to beat it over the head about you being a big dude, okay? But most people out there aren't six, seven, three hundred plus pounds, okay, walking around. And if you're one of these creatures, and you know, normally you tower over everybody that's out there mm-hmm. maybe they did see like oh boy you know this this dude might be might be able to come up and and uh you know be a threat physically yeah that's what they've seen me as a real threat yeah. so, I, I mean they could I not. They, I, well, <laughs> but i mean it's it's st- i mean let's face it if you went out there with uh shack you know uh, oh, Bigfoot's yeah. gonna look at Shaq and probably say, "Ooh, that's a big dude," you know. Um, and 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 it's gotta it's gotta make them pause. Like, okay, that's not the normal, you know, five foot ten guy out here. I just hope they don't have the. I just hope they don't have the, the you know that bar fight mentality. You know, always take out the biggest guy first. <laughs> Well, as being the biggest guy, you can always take the smallest guy and throw it towards the trouble and right. give them something to <laughs> give them something to mess with. So, okay, so so then you go back to the so that now you're back uh investigating in the same area. Does does something happen? So that night, so that same night, so we found that find that tree fall. Dave takes us to an area where there's a pond and it's a it's an old camping area. He just sets us up for the night, you know, and we end up getting along really well. And, you know, of course he's feeling us out and stuff. And I totally understand there's, I mean, unfortunately there's, there's some strange people in this community, but, um, you know, <laughs> but that night, uh, now my friend, Jim, he, he builds a cosplay, uh, like suits of armor for star Wars cosplay. So it goes all the, uh, you know, conventions and stuff. And it's really big into, well, he, that for, for something to attract attention, he brought a pair of lightsabers, right? You know, the little, they're like okay. the toys, but they're like the real nice high-end stuff, right? You can actually fight with them and everything. And we're just kind of, you know, we're just kind of playing with them a little bit. And we're sitting in our chairs in front of our vehicles. And, and uh, you know, it's super still night. I mean, it is so still. Like, I remember on the pond, uh, you could just see the, 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 I want to call it steam. It's not steam, but the uh, the, the condensation lifting the, the fog, lifting off of the pond and just sitting there. It wasn't even moving. There was like no wind whatsoever. And you could see the clouds rolling past. It was almost a full moon, um, but that was like it. There was nothing else. And then I want to say, if I remember, I want to say it was like 11.45 at night or something like that. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you just hear this, cracking cracking and it gets louder and louder and all of a sudden realize that's a tree fall a tree just fell in the woods 
while we're sitting here, just on the other side of that pond, on the other side of a small ridge. And we're both like, what the world was that? Um, and, you know, of course, we're thinking, well, did we get something's attention? Of course, I'm trying to explain away. I'm thinking, okay, you know, every tree is going to fall eventually. You know, <laughs> you know, there's the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Squirrel jumped on the tree. It was all it took, right? Um, and that could be true, but it was just really weird that, you know, everything else that had happened that day, plus we're out there with lightsabers. And I don't know, the, the, the whole mood kind of changed after that. Um, but we didn't detect anything else. Um, that night, eventually left, went home. But um, definitely it, it, it was a little unsettling. To, I don't know how else to describe it. It, it, I definitely got that same kind of feeling I had before when the when I heard that splashing in the creek, then the breathing. I was like, "Yeah, I, I feel like something doesn't want me here, and maybe I should go." And you and you realize the lightsaber really didn't work, and it was going to be useless. <laughs> it's going to be useless. Right. <laughs> Damn it! This is only a real lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that'd be unnerving hearing that stuff. Because every time I hear, and this is another thing, every time I hear a story about somebody being out there in a tree falling, I've been out in the woods a ton of times, and I've never heard a tree just fall on a regular day. You know, like yeah. maybe on a really super windy day, I've heard trees crack and 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 fall. I mean, we're in our family's campground area with tree and I, i've never heard a tree just fall or seem sound like it got pushed over so yeah. maybe I'm that just... one that night was was crazy it was like the, and, and i hate to do the sound effects but it was just like a <laughs> and it's like it was obvious what it was but it was like how did that happen when there's no wind like wow. I said, the, the fog was coming off of the pond and just hovering there. It wasn't moving at all. I mean, there was no wind movement at all, at least not at ground level. So. And, and, and see, there's the other thing is, is in, you're in the same area and a tree's already fallen where you were three or four days before, you know, along the yeah. side of the road. And now here's one across the pond in the middle of the night. And like yeah. I said, I, okay. I mean, that just, I don't think that just happens all the time. Sure. So, well, and a lot of people, they, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a hypothesis. I, I want to be careful. I don't call it a theory, but a hypothesis that, uh, that if these creatures do exist, they may use infrasound, um, like tigers and some other animals where they'll low guttural, low, very low frequency that you, you feel it more than you hear it. And it can upset you. Um, and I had an experience that, uh, years before this, this would have been, this is after my wife and I were married, but it was, uh, so, um, my friend Dan, he and I went to, uh, backpack in, um, uh, Shawnee state forest. So this is Southern part of Ohio, like South central Ohio, just West of, uh, Portsmouth. So you got the Shawnee forest there, it's a huge area and they got nice backpacking trails and they have a setup where they have, uh, the, where they have a uh, potable water available at these, individual campsites and so uh we uh it, we we've been hiking we camped at night and there was a big storm came through next day we hiked some more and we end up on a road and eventually you know what we're like you know what we're just gonna cheat you know because we're getting a little older and 
it's not as much fun <laughs> on that hike in when you get a little older. So we ended up uh, getting a, hitching a ride in the back of a truck to uh, the parking lot, took his car, and we parked uh, off the side of a road next to the trail from the road back to this campsite. It was uh, campsite number seven. I remember that. And it was, oh no, I'm sorry. I think it was campsite number, no, it was seven. It was seven. So anyway, um, it's already dark. We set up camp. And it had been one of those, like, it wasn't raining, but it was just, like, everything was wet from rain. It's like a little misting all, all day long. It was just kind of miserable, but trying to start a fire. And out of nowhere, on the other side of a ridge behind our tent, there was a tree fall. Again, there's no wind. There's just this little bit of rain, this very fine, misty rain falling. Now, Dan kind of freaks out on me. And I'm like, come on, man, you know, trees fall all the time. I, I wouldn't think anything of it. He's like, I don't know, man, I don't like it, I don't like it. And again, he's a big skeptic, right? But he immediately gets upset. And eventually, I start getting a little upset, you know, just a little nervous, like, yeah, you know, maybe you're onto something, maybe we shouldn't be here. So we pack up, and this is where it gets weird. Okay, so the tree falls bad enough, but we're hiking our way. It's about a mile back to the car, and we're just following the path go past the potable water and get to the vehicle again, parked in a, in a ditch on the side of the road. Um, very rural area, obviously. And the, um, I remember I just kept looking over my shoulder, waiting for something to be there. And again, could this just be instinct, you know, let your imagination get the best of you? Sure. Absolutely. But I kept thinking, once we get to the car, I'll feel okay. Well, we got to the car, we're loading up and I still didn't feel okay. So I thought to myself, okay, once we get in the car, I'll feel okay. And I remembered the previous incident where once I got inside my truck, I felt okay. Um, I got inside the car. He gets inside the car. We close the doors. I still don't feel okay. I'm still just crazy nervous that something is going to happen. Sometimes I'm just waiting for something to jump out. And so I think to myself, okay, well, as soon as we get moving, I'll feel okay. We get moving. I don't feel okay. And we just drive for miles and miles. You know, it, it's it's probably just to get out of the forest area. It was probably 20 miles, probably about 40 minutes worth of driving. I'm I'm, I'm guessing here a little bit again. My memory isn't the best on that those kind of details, but the um, but I remember that he and I were just both stone quiet the whole time, and all we did was drive. And it wasn't until we got out of the forested area into what would have been farmland that finally it felt like the it subsided that that insecurity that fear finally went away and then we talked about it and he ended up experiencing the exact same thing i was experiencing and vice versa wow that's okay and and so now you don't know that that's like an effect of infrasound or anything but you don't have a real explanation as to why both of you would feel the same thing Right. I mean, it's got to be yeah. some. I mean, I mean, maybe a, like a mass hysteria kind of thing. I mean, I mean again, trying to be logical about it. And, yeah. Um, you know, he got upset, got me upset, and, you know, both got a little nervous and scared. But again, I would think once you're in the car, at the very least, once you're in the car, you got the windows up, you know, car doors closed and locked. At that point, you should feel fine. Right. But we didn't. Neither of us. It's almost like the woods or the trees themselves 
had something going on that you know that until you got clear of clear of them like you said out sure. into open open country maybe yeah i don't know and the, the other thing i thought about too is um and again this is a stretch and i admit that right up front but you know what if these things were doing that infrasound and others were picking up on it and they were repeating it and these things were basically repeating all this infrasound as excuse me as we were driving out and then yeah. once we were out of the area you know then we were either too far away or or they stopped i don't know but i don't know like, again that's a stretch but. look it's not i mean it's something i can imagine i can imagine it like the first creature says i gotta get these guys out of here and it worked and you know, lets his buddy know down the road, hey, let's get these guys out of here for whatever reason. You know, maybe you guys were close to discovering something or finding something or whatever. And it's just like, okay, let's let's everybody, it's a tag team, get them out of here, make them uh, make them feel uncomfortable until they're they're uh, too far away, sort of deal. Right. I can imagine. I can certainly imagine that. You know, yeah. I mean, and then going back. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I mean, it's like I said, when you when you're talking about something like that, you have to consider everything as a possibility because you don't know. There's a reason. There's a reason that you guys felt that way and both felt it at the same time. You know, but what is it? You know, I think anything is anything is worth examining for sure. Yeah, and and in the going back to the paranormal research and this is what we would refer to as a, a, a personal experience. So nobody else experienced it. We did. Um, so, you know, like, like I've been places where I felt something touch me that wasn't there. Um, nobody else felt that. So, you know, and all I have is my word that something happened. I, yeah. Something touched my arm and, you know, nobody else had that happen. So, you know, that falls under personal experience as opposed to, you know, hard evidence like, you know, you capture an EVP uh, vocaliz vocalization or a footprint or something like that. Well, well, you say, so you, you say that how the similar things, you know, the paranormal and Bigfoot, how many similarities there are to them. But just like you saying that, like you got touched by a ghost, by something that wasn't there, that wasn't there. Essentially out in the woods, you're getting affected by something mm -hmm. that may or may not be, you know, be there. You know, I don't, if you don't see it, how can you say for sure the actual physical thing is there, you know, but you know, there's not a ghost physically like, like us standing there beside you, but it somehow was able to manipulate time and space and whatever to make you sure. make you feel its presence you know and it, it, that's the, and i can see that's that is a similar uh similar you know stream of of you know that connects those kind of feel you know researching ghosts and researching bigfoot is you got to be open to that because you can't explain everything but you also know right. that something's going on for sure. Yeah, and the one thing I, I definitely try to avoid doing, though, is I don't like trying to explain uh, uh, one mystery with another mystery. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not one that is subscribed. And I, and I respect people and, I, and their beliefs, and, you know, they, they've seen something. I, I don't want to discredit anyone. I don't want to, 
be insulting anyone, but it's, it's, I find it very difficult to, to subscribe to, you know, Bigfoot came out through alien UFOs or portals or they're interdimensional. You start getting into that kind of stuff. And it just, in my opinion, it just takes you down a path that where there's, there's no out, you know, you just get deeper and deeper into it. And there's, and there's no way you can ever get out of it. And the one nice thing about Bigfoot is assuming that they are a flesh and bone creature. Um, unlike the paranormal, someday somebody's probably going to prove it, that they exist. You know, that's one thing you'll, going into a paranormal research, you have to accept that you're never going to come home with the solid proof. You might have some evidence, but you'll never have proof. With Bigfoot, you may one day come home with proof. Now, there's some people with haunted dolls and haunted furniture that might dispute the fact that you can't come home with solid proof. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I, you know, Shane Spencer's trying to take all the credit for all your Bigfoot experiences, you know, talking to me. It sounds to me like you have had a bunch, like you've had a bunch of very solid experiences, but without him, like you don't even need Shane Spencer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, you know, it's Shane. It's, you know, <laughs> no, I love Shane. He's great. Shane, Shane and I, uh, we're, we're not only uh, Bigfoot and buddies, but we also uh, we do a lot of ATV riding together, too. So mm, There um, you go. There you go. Yeah, no, Shane. Shane's the best. He's good. Good man. So, so let's go back. I, I won't. I won't. Let's so let's go back. So you so you have the experience then with the with the tree getting knocked over across the pond. What mm -hmm. are some of the other things that happened from that from that time over in that area that you guys are researching? So, uh, I would say for myself, probably the best experience was about a year and a half ago. We were, um, Shane and, and Jim and myself were looking for a place to investigate. We went one place with a bunch of ATV riders going around, you know, they got the side by side and they're all blasting loud music and we can, you can, you know, they're drinking and smoking and stuff. I was like, well, we want some place quiet, right? So I suggested we go down this one road at dead ends at a gate and past the gate, um, the, you have to have a permit to get in there is they, you, you can walk, but you can't drive past the gate, is what I'm going to say. And there's a small pond there, and we decided just to set up there. I was like, look, nobody's going to be riding their ATVs down this way because it's a dead-end road. 
So we go, and it's almost a mile from the highway. And we park, and we did a little walking around and checking things out. But basically, it was it was kind of dead for the night, right? Nothing going on. And, and in my mind, I had just, you know, subscribed to the idea that nothing was going to happen, which happens a lot. You know, each, how many times you go out and just nothing happens? The same with the paranormal. Um, even these big places like the Reformatory in Mansfield, sometimes you go out, nothing happens. So, uh, so we're sitting there and we've been just kind of, you know, BSing and having a good time. And, and uh, to set the stage for you, um, Jim's truck and Shane's truck are both parked side by side, both facing south. I'm on, um, I'm on the bed of Jim's truck. Shane's on the bed of his truck on the tailgate. And Jim is sitting in a chair. Well, this happens about 1.15 in the morning. Out of nowhere, there's a wood knock to our east, like due east. And it's hard to say for certain, but I would say maybe somewhere between 30, 35 yards away. And we're like, whoa, whoa, what was that? We're waiting and listening. And suddenly Shane jumps off the back of his truck with a yelp. And we're like, what's wrong? He's like, I heard something. Well, now, J neither Jim or I heard it, but I trust Shane. He said he heard what sounded like something let out a big sigh. And that sound wasn't coming from the east. It was coming from the south. And he said he just felt it. It sounded like it was something like a like it let out a big, heavy sigh. And he, I remember him telling me specifically, I remember his words. He said, it scared me where it made me feel like I just want to get in my truck and go home. And, but he, had, he he admitted that he fought his reflexes, his fear, and, you know, settled down. Well, only a few moments after that, we hear a second wood knock. This one's coming from the south, about the same distance. Like, okay, that's weird. And maybe five to ten seconds later, there's a third wood knock. This one's coming from our west, where, you know, just on the other side of this pond. And at this point, I remember thinking to myself, we're surrounded. Because these knocks are all, they all occurred within a minute of each other. Um, and, and finally, maybe no more than 10 seconds from that one, the first knock to the east repeated itself. And we could hear something moving in the east. There's a, there's a small little stream. I don't even call it a creek. It's just a little stream. Um, that empties into one of those uh, slurries, you know, those pond, slurry ponds. And the um, we could hear something moving in there. And whatever it was, it was moving away from us. It was heading further east to get away from us. And the um, and we were, of course, at this point, we're kind of like scrambling. I mean, we don't have our lights. We don't have our recorders on. We don't have, you know, because we all were kind of just, at this point, never figured anything was going to happen. We're just sitting around you know, shooting the breeze, as it were. And the, um, the, the weird thing, though, that I noticed um, was after the third knock, the one that was to our west, there were two frogs in that pond that started going back and forth at each other vocally. And, if, you know, everybody knows what a typical bullfrog sounds like. You know, they're usually casual. They're like, ribbit, here I am, ladies, ribbit. You know, there's chilling on the, on the lily pad, <laughs> hoping to get lucky, right? And then if you've ever heard one of them get attacked by like a snake or something, 
they'll squeal. They almost sound like a baby. They're like, this was something, it was a ribbit, but it was an agitated ribbit. It was uh, something in between. It was, it was more like a ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. There's something here, ribbit, ribbit. Everybody be cautious, ribbit, ribbit. You know, that like it was a warning to others. And the other one was, was repeating back to it. And they were just like, they were going back and forth communicating with each other. And they kept this up for um, probably maybe as long as a minute or so or less, maybe uh, after all the rustling ended. So whatever was moving to our east and going away from us, um, once it ended and we couldn't hear that anymore, the frogs ended, stopped shortly thereafter. The frogs were so weird, though, that I was, I even, at one point, I even questioned if they were actually frogs if, or if they were something mimicking frogs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we go down to, so now we're, you know, let's get down to the investigative part of it, right? Okay, so uh, Shane heard, heard something. You know, felt animals breathe all in. You know, maybe he heard, maybe it was a deer. You know, maybe it let out a weird snort or something. That, you know, and, and he was already a, on high alert and he heard that and it just startled him. Um, there was something moving through the trees, through the brush, around by that little stream, going away from us. I mean, that could be deer, could have been beaver, it could have been, you know, raccoons, who knows? Could have been anything, right? I mean, it sounded bigger, it was, but it's hard to tell. Uh, everything sounds big in the middle of the night in the woods. Um, the frogs, again, I've never heard frogs do that before, but I'm no zoologist and, you know, for all I know that maybe that's just something frogs do from time to time. Um, no way of knowing for certain, but what I really find hard to explain are the knots, um, because they were just so solid. So, um, just clear. Um, and I can't think of any natural animal that would do that. So. Unless there was someone playing an extremely elaborate hoax on us. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say it was. But even that's almost improbable, because very improbable, because you got to figure at least three guys had to crawl in, get into position, and then signal each other one at a time. And then, the, then the first one repeat himself, and then all sneak back out with none of us seeing them, hearing them, and if you're going to play the prank, I mean, go big or go home, right? So, you know. A couple knocks isn't going to be worth the trouble. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, you want to keep going until you get these guys just scared. They, they want to leave, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we, we stayed out there for another hour and a half, and uh, or almost an hour and a half. I think we left around 2.30. Um, and nothing, absolutely nothing the rest of the night. That was it. There was the, and the whole the whole thing, the whole thing altogether didn't last more than two minutes, all in all, minute and a half maybe. But it was a minute and a half of a lot of action, and then it was done and over with. I mean, the last thing that lasted longer than that was those frogs. So, so as you so as you described it to me, I'm thinking of the scene, and it's almost like they were hunting. Maybe the three of them. We're hunting and meeting at a point, trying to drive, maybe drive something through the woods. And the first one sees you guys and knocks and says, hey, hold up, mm-hmm. you know, and that was their way of maybe stopping each other and saying, don't, 
don't go any further. There's, there's some, some people there, you know, and I don't know that. I mean, because like you said, there's nothing else in the woods that if, if I go out in the woods and there's a bunch of animals that hear me knock on a tree, mm-hmm. they're taking off. Oh, yeah. They're not, they're not hanging out. And, and then like the squirrels picking up a, a you know, a branch knocking back at me. They're all taking right. taken off. So unless it's like you said, guys out there, people out there messing with you, then what is it knocking on trees? Right. I mean, uh, again, this is all very uh, um, speculative on my part, but what it, what it made me think of was that I, my feeling about it, again, it's just that. It's just a feeling. It's all speculation. I have no way of knowing. It never will. But I almost feel like there might have been like a family unit walking down, walking, coming south along that, that stream. And we're just there talking, doing our thing. You know, we're not trying to be silent, you know, nothing like that. And they, they kind of snuck up on us. And then they probably sensed, or maybe through some form of communication that we didn't detect, that there were others there. Maybe we were already being watched, that we didn't even know it. And so they let out a, they let out a wood knock. The others reply. He's like, okay, gives out that last wood knock, thanks for the heads up. And then they go a different direction to avoid <laughs> it. I don't know. Oh boy. That's even well, that that's just, just gives me the willies to think that you know you're <laughs> out there and you just have no idea what's what's just hanging out watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will say that the wood knocks were interesting though, because um they they were very consistent. Like all four of them sounded almost identical. I mean, I, it was, I mean, really hard to tell them apart. And of course, I'm so mad at myself that I didn't have a, 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 a audio recorder going at the time. I, you know, but I'd shut it off thinking, ah, nothing's going to happen, you know, and didn't want to waste my battery. That kind of thing. How stupid. But <laughs> this would have been great to play back. Oh my gosh. This would have been awesome piece of evidence. Absolutely. Yeah. But those, uh, but those, those tree knocks, and after talking with a couple other people, um, I'm of the opinion that that I'm, they're either clacking stones or maybe the, they tend to sound like when you cup your hands and you can make like a popping sound. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that these animals can know how to cup their hands, and their hands are huge, I'm sure, and, and be able to make that popping sound, you know, like like that and um, so they're not actually hitting something on a tree it just that's what it that's what makes sense to us as humans mm-hmm. out there you know that that would be what would be making the sound somebody hitting a tree yeah right uh, well here's the thing i challenge i challenge anyone to go out there and do at, at the drop of a hat find a stick that you can hit against a tree and make a good wood knock because you can't they're all if, if you have to break them, if you pick them up off the ground, they're usually so rotting, rotted that they just break apart and you never really get a good thud out of them. And if you cut them off a limb or rip it off a limb, it's so green, it's not going to make a good sound. So there has to be something else. I'm not saying that they're not, that there's never wood knocks. I'm sure there are from time to time, but I think by and large, they probably have another means of producing that sound and it would make sense. You've already got your hands on you. So if you can just learn to, you know, to make that cupping sound like that. Very, very good point. 
Very good point. I mean, I've I've been out there trying to you know that that same thing. You pick up a you pick up a, a stick, and usually when I go hit it, it snaps off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it snaps off, and it doesn't make a good sound at all. You know, and if you did have to rip it, well, you would hear that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, exactly. You you would hear that, let alone um, you know, not a green piece of wood not making a good uh, you know a good sound on the tree, you know, you'd hear the other yes, part. So, I will, so, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the only thing I'd add to that is um, that we were talking earlier about being scared. And, and uh, that night I never felt scared. And, you know, and all three of us were armed, but and I will say that I felt a little unnerved, you know, by the idea of being surrounded I mean, we heard the first wood knock. It was kind of exciting. Like, oh, then Shane gets scared. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And we hear the next wood knock. I was like, oh, wait a minute, there's two of them. And we heard the next wood knock. It's like, we're, and I realized, you know, there's east, south, and west of us. There. We only got one way out. I was half expecting to hear another one coming from the north. <laughs> so, um, but I never really got scared. It was just a little unnerved, um, feeling like I was at a severe disadvantage, tactically speaking. I can uh, I I can see how the that would be a feeling for sure <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so so is so is there other stuff that has happened then other than uh, other than that? Oh, let me think here. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, we we had um there was one time it was uh, Shane and Jim. They took off. I I was with uh, I stayed back with uh, another guy Dan and. Um, they uh, they said they had felt like something like something had thrown thrown rocks at them. Um, the uh, gym had found um, uh, a footprint at that same area where he and I had that very first tree fall uh, uh, on the other side of that pond. Um, I was waiting on another guy and I didn't get there in time to explore, but they went back and they found a footprint and, and they and Jim believes he found the tree that was knocked over while he and I were out there with the lightsabers. So, I don't know. Now, do you, yeah. now do you, so you're, are you, do you guys keep going out to the same area when you guys go out? The same general area, yes, but yeah, just yeah. different specifics of that area. Okay. And um, we did go, um, I remember when we went to Salt Fork, um, that was, I remember that night, it was kind of weird. We kept hearing like this thumping noise all through the night um, when we were out and about. And uh, I remember talking uh, with Dave about it, and we were discussing what that could have been. And I actually, uh, I actually think it might have been, uh, and uh, like a, like if these animals could have been uh, pounding the ground, open palms, like you see gorillas will do at the zoo. They'll mm -hmm. they'll pound. The, the the grass and uh and then then there's that sound is just echoing all through that forest there at salt fork um so that was interesting i kept you know it was a i couldn't imagine anything else making that anything that's known at least i could be wrong maybe it was, maybe it was some deer redding or something i don't know but um it, it just that's what it put me in mind of was something was banging on the ground and that sound was just echoing all through the forest. So, oh man, I okay. 
and Shane, Shane even mentioned that he wanted to, he's like, man, you got to come out with this. I have not, unless you're out, unless you're out there with him, I'm not going because I don't want to feel, I don't, I don't, I got to feel like if, uh, if you're scared, then I know it's time to, time to go, time to go. So well, I'll say that my friend, Jim, uh, our friend, Jim, um, he is, uh, that guy's fearless. I mean, he, to a fault. And he's, he's literally said, he said, look, man, he said, if you get scared, I trust you. He just, if you say it's time to go, then I'm going to trust you and it's time to go. He's, he's literally fearless, but like I said, to a fault. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you, so do you feel like, um, I mean, do you feel like you need to have like a visual to be satisfied with knowing that they're out there or is some, are these experiences that you've had so far pretty much tell you what you need to know? Yeah, I think, I think I still want that visual. Uh, I want it from a safe distance. Um, (laughs) you know, know, I don't want to just turn the corner and walk into one, you know, that would, that would just be absolutely frightening, but, uh, horrifying. But yeah, you know, I definitely want to see one and uh, I want to know once and for all, you know, for my sake that, that they're real. I believe it. I mean, you know, uh, obviously we have friends in this community that, you know, I trust wholeheartedly, Shane being one of them, Dave Wickham being one of them. You know, they said they've witnessed stuff and I absolutely 100% believe them. I don't question it. Um, now I will, uh, you know, I question it in, in the point of, you know, is this what you could have seen? I, I just case in point, Shane had a sighting. Um, and I absolutely believe he saw something. Uh, but as a skeptic looking at it, you know, based on his description, and I don't want to take his story away from him, but it was, uh, you know, and I told him to his face. I mean, it, it, this isn't just something we've discussed, and he, he agrees. But I, I'm, I'm more inclined to think he saw bear. You know, still a rare sighting in that area, but uh, but in my opinion, it was probably a bear. I have to go for the most likely, you know, cause, uh, the most likely explanation. You know, but he believes it was something different. And I was like, hey, that's fine. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about it. You know, and it, it, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. So. Well, that and that's your and that's your skeptical side that you you know you you want to come uh come at it from a different perspective and and you know before you just go out and you know throw you know hey it's bigfoot you know you want to explore every uh every option but but then that leads us into your your paranormal experiences and how Explain, you know, t- you know, I, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to hear s- how you got into that. What what made you, you know, head into that direction? And what are some of your best experiences you've had there that that leads you to 100 percent believe that there is something paranormal out there? Sure. Um, well, as far as getting into the investigations uh, side of it, um, uh, I went they went to one of those uh, public library uh, doohickey mm-hmm. things where, you know, people speak and I met the lady there. Her name is Peggy um, and a super great lady. Uh, I love her. She was, she's awesome. She had a, an investigative team at the time. It was basically spread out over the, the entire state of Ohio. And the, um, 
and basically I, I got the chance to join and uh, and start going on some investigations. And what they were doing was more, and that's how I met Jim. What they were doing was more, you know, you know, people would call up or email and say, "Hey, I I have stuff going on in my house. You know, can you come check it out?" And we did a lot of that at first, and they would offer to do cleansings, you know, burn sage and say prayers and that sort of thing. Um, eventually, uh, Jim and I kind of stepped away from that. We wanted to do more uh, historic sites. Unfortunately, the problem with going into people's homes is you don't know what you're getting into sometimes. Um, it, you know, it's I, we did, uh, Jim and I and his niece, um, we did an investigation once where the lady was a widow, widow and she was just lonely. She just wanted somebody to come to her house spend time with her. So there was nothing, nothing really going on. Yeah, everything she claimed to witness or experience, we were able to debunk every single thing. Um, and there was one point we thought we heard something, and we asked her, hey, was that you making noise downstairs? And she said, no, it wasn't me. I don't know what that was. Well, later, uh, his niece, Sarah, she uh, she contacted me. She said, oh, yeah, I had a recorder downstairs. It was definitely her. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, well. <laughs> Two, now, two and a half hour drive just to keep uh, the company. I feel for it. Don't get me wrong, but it was uh, well. And so, and so we signed up for <laughs> some of those early investigations. So, I mean, did they legitimately find places that you guys felt they were haunted, or were oh, they definitely. a lot of definitely? Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Some of those places uh, were definitely had had activity going on. Um, there was one in particular, it was a private residence in Mansfield, um, where there was two sisters that lived in this house. Uh, one of them had their son living there uh, as well. And um, at one point, uh, that, was, that was where, uh, I'll just tell you real quick, I, I got touched. You know, I was, uh, I was standing in the doorway from the living room to the kitchen, and there was another guy in our team, Tom, and Tom came up and, you know, told, you know how you come up behind somebody and just, touch their arm to let them know you're there or you're trying to squeeze by or whatever. And, uh, you know, I felt Tom touch my arm. And so instinctively I just twisted and turned and stepped back to make room for him. And when I looked though, Tom was on the other end of the room. He was nowhere, nowhere near me. So I was like, okay, well, somebody touched my arm and he was the only one that was behind me. And he wasn't even close enough to, t to get near me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So later that evening, uh, the one sister who was really super sweet all night long ended up being, I don't want to say possessed, but being heavily influenced by something. Um, and uh, yeah, she got real nasty, started cussing. But she hadn't done the entire night. I mean, she baked cookies and all this other good stuff. And um, yeah, by the end of the night, she had turned into a completely different person. And and then at one point, she broke down and was crying. And and 
her sister and one of the team members were trying to console her. It was a little spooky. It's like we were sitting there. I felt back. We were like waiting to see what's going to happen. And finally, at one point, she's like, "Stop staring at me." I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> so what happens yeah, in a ca- what happens in a case like that? Then, like, did, is that where they come that in? Was, yeah. Well, we were actually uh, at that point. What had happened was uh, we were doing some prayers, um, and uh, one guy had come up with some uh, some anointing oil, and then he'd put it on her and on her forehead or whatever. And then, and, and am I allowed to curse on your? Uh, yeah. On your podcast here. Okay. There's nothing bad. I mean, just these are minor curse words. I just want to make sure. But the, um, um, she's like, finally, she gets all agitated and she's like, what are you doing? What is that stuff? It smells like shit. You know, and he's like, well, it's just oil, olive oil, it's been blessed. And she's like, well, I want it off of me. You know, and before that, she had been fine. And then she was like, I know this is wrong, but I feel like I hate all of you right now. Like, well, it's weird because earlier we couldn't wait to give us cookies and treats and were thanking us for being there. But yeah, it was just total shift in her personality. Um, not, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be paranormal, um, but it was definitely weird for sure. She felt like the oil was burning her skin. That was the other thing. Well, I mean, if she was allergic to olive oil, that would be one thing. But yeah, you know, maybe. But. <laughs> But it is weird that she kind of knew right from wrong, even by saying, you know, I know this is like, so she, you know, could even tell that she was being influenced by something and knew it was wrong, you know? Um, Yeah, it was a, it was a strange one for sure. Um, So did there, was there a resolution to that? Was there? uh, no, not really. I mean, it was, uh, I think a couple of the team members, uh, member Peggy was there. I think they did a follow-up with her, but I never got the, the results on that one. So. Oh, jeez. How was this? How was it? They had everything kind of broken up into, you know, how your teams were. You had investigators and team leads. And so I was a, a low, at the time, a lowly investigator. So, uh, you know, the, the people who would make contact, the team leads were the ones who'd get all the good information and, and uh, catalog it. So you were just doing all the work. Well, I would say that everybody was working. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so, so you guys went off under your own then to do some historical um, stuff. How how did that? I mean, were some were some of the experiences you had uh, doing that? Well, it definitely had uh, been the um, the reformatory Mansfield uh, a few times now. Uh, we've done. Um, Oh, we did the, the Strand Theater in Delaware, Ohio. We did um, oh um, the Palace Theater in Lorraine, Ohio. We did uh, Waverly Hills in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, investigation there. Um, so I'm looking at uh, coming up actually sometime maybe in May. There's a place in West Virginia. I don't remember the name of it. That uh, I I told him I was interested in getting involved in that investigation. So we'll see if that happens. But um, yeah, some of the the Definitely neat, some neat experiences. Uh, we, uh, Jim and I, Jim, I'm gonna say Jim because it was his equipment. And he set it up. But the, uh, he caught um, there's a there's a an entity at Waverly Hills they call the Creeper, and it's like a, a black shadow. He caught it on uh, on film, and it's uh, not digital. It's Super 8 um, 
actual film, film, film. And, uh, and he captured that on film. Uh, it looks pretty sweet. It's, uh, uh, he has it all, but it, it's, yeah, you just see the thing. looks like it's just crawling down the ceiling, down from the ceiling in front of the camera on the wall and then goes right back up. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> and that, but that wasn't something that you saw or experienced while you were there. It was just caught. Exactly. We saw it later. Um, I've had lots of EVPs, um, you know, there was uh there was one at the Strand Theater. We had just started our investigation. We were in the it's an old theater, so they have both um, you know, the, the movie the movie projector screen, but behind that is a stage. Um where they do live shows and so the uh we're we're behind the projector screen on the stage and then I just do the introduction, you know, I'll say, Oh, you know, here's the date, we're Strand Theater, here's the the team members on the investigation. And as soon as I Set it, set the recorder down. All of a sudden, you can just hear someone say, "It's very, very faint, but it's there." It sounds like someone's said, uh, saying, almost with an accent, too, saying, "Yeah, the way." Like, okay, but it, you know, it's ten seconds into the recordings. Get out of the way. And that wasn't something. Was that, to... it, and that wasn't something you heard at the time. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, but it was playing it back. It's like, wow, okay, there's something. So what's yeah. the, you know, has there been an instance where you were in one of those places and you just felt like, I mean, did you ever feel in one of those places like you did there at that bridge where the bridge was and you heard the breath? I mean, I've been, you know, maybe a little unsettled in some of those places. I mean, Waverly Hills kind of, kind of had that like heavy feeling to it, but I can't say I've ever been scared in any of those places. Um, you know, there's different rooms, like a, the performatory in Mansfield, you might go into different different areas of the building that, that have a different feel to them. Um, you know, they definitely, they just feel like there's something going on, but again, I've never felt like, I've never felt scared. I wasn't afraid to go into the room or anything. Um, just, just, you could just tell there wasn't, Something, something just didn't feel right. There was, um, I had an incident. It was, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the place now. It's, it's, uh, it's down in Lancaster. Did an investigation there. And a friend of mine, she was, uh, I went into this little doctor's uh, office. It wasn't even an office. It was like an exam room. And I could just tell. It, like, it felt really heavy in there compared to the other. You walk out, it didn't feel like when you walk in. It was very small. Not much bigger than a bedroom. Um, um, so I said, Hey, come here, check this out. And she comes in and immediately she kind of screamed, yelped when she walked in and I was like, well, what's the matter? She was like, nothing. She was like afraid to tell me. And so, um, but she admitted that, yeah, this room has a really, really heavy feel to it. But later, you know, I, I pressed her a little bit and I said, you know, what was that about? She said, well, I was afraid to say anything to you, but when I walked in the room, I felt something you know, grab me. And it's like, well, there was something there in the door. You sure wasn't She was, no, I've, I, I literally felt something grab her hip, like, like a hand, like squeezing her hip, not that she bumped into something. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Yes. That would give yeah. you quite, that'd give you quite, <laughs> quite a start, you know, to feel like a, 
feel like something squeeze your hip. That would, oh boy, that's a little bit different than, you know, grabbing your arm, I think. It's a little more personal. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the, um, as far as experiences, uh, I think probably one of my, uh, my two best experiences, one of those was at um, the Reformatory. So Jim, myself, and uh, buddy Brian were in the, uh, oh, we're, I keep wanting to call it sick bay, uh, but the uh, infirmary. So we're in the infirmary, and the whole time we're in there doing audio recordings, you know, uh, um, we're just talking, asking questions. And I kept hearing, sound like someone was throwing pebbles. Like, like someone just throw a pebble, and then someone throw another pebble. And then one came from the other side. And then back to the, the original spot, just like someone was throwing a pebble. And so at one point, Brian says, if you want us to leave, give us a sign. And then on cue, it sounded like somebody dropped a brick. So here's where it gets weird. That's oh, enough, right? It gets weird. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Jim gets up to investigate. He wants to see if he can figure out what fell, right? Of course, you know, doing his due diligence. He steps away. And just as no sooner does he step away, then Brian and I are catty corner across from each other, sitting on, on benches. Out of the ceiling in front of me, comes out this, I don't know what else to call it. I'm just going to call it an orb. I'll describe it. But basically, it was an, a glowing orb that was uh, long and cylindrical shape, you know, but rounded edges, of course, and very fluid. And it, was, it looked like it was fluttering. It made me think of dragonfly wings. And the thing came out of the ceiling, was literally self-illuminating, came down about halfway to the floor, flew across the room, and Passed me in front of Brian, and it went right back up into the ceiling and disappeared. And Brian and I both were like, did you see that at the same time? And Jim missed it. But this thing was, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say this thing was probably a foot in length. And we were trying to figure out what it could have been. Because, again, we're trying to play the skeptical approach, debunk <clears throat> everything, right? <clears throat> and we could not figure out what that would have been. Uh, it was flying too slow to be a bird, um, you know, like a regular, like, you know, sparrow or something. And, and, there are and there are birds in the reformatory. Like if, oh, you're, absolutely. if you're in there, birds and birds, birds and, yeah, they fly around and stuff, but, but you're yeah. right. Flutter around and it's not like they're hanging out with you in a cell or in yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were trying to like find stuff that we could, you know, is there any, any way to reflect light off of something? And we couldn't turn it in. Plus, on top of that, it, it even looked like to us, both of us agreed it was self-illuminated. It wasn't super bright or anything, but um, but it was definitely self-illuminated. It, it was um, it flew right down in front of us, and that's definitely one that I have no explanation. It definitely wasn't those where you see people take a picture and you get all the dust reflecting the flash of the camera kind of things. Um, we and we weren't running cameras; we were just running our audio. But yeah, we both saw it. So that's uh, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one you think that's creepy uh, at the Palace Theater. So Jim, myself, and his niece Sarah were sitting in what's called the presidential suite, and I and 
so the stage is to our left and the back of the room, the back of the, um, uh, the auditorium is to our right. And as you look at the back wall, you have the bar, there's an exit door to the alley. Um, there is the wall. And then above that is the, um, uh, is the projector booth. Below the projector booth is the girls' restroom, and all the way down the other corner is the men's restroom. Well, I kept seeing movement out of the corner of my eye, and I'd look, there's nothing there. And then I'd look away, and then in the corner of my eye, I can see this movement, and I was seeing with shadows. And I kept thinking, what am I seeing? You know, it, and I kept thinking, okay, it's car lights, is there something going on here, whatever. Well, at one point, and this is where I, it gets good, I, I thought I saw a shadow walk out of the women's restroom. And just as I, I looked at it, I hear Sarah go, huh, just very calm, casually, right? And I turned to her, I said, what'd you see? She goes, I saw something come out of the women's restroom. Like, oh, shit, there we go. There's my confirmation. So, so, <laughs> so what did... I mean, but it just looked like a black, like a like a shadow figure, just a black shadow figure. But they were all over that back wall, as long as you weren't looking directly at them. Is the that thing. that is that is now? Did you try? Did you guys have cameras or anything and try to capture capture? We had cameras up the whole time. We were never able to capture anything like that. Um, yeah, it's 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 so hard to get evidence, and even then, you got to have the camera set up in the right place at the right time. It's that dumb luck again. Wow, there was, there it, was one. Go ahead. I, I'm just gonna say, shadow figures, they they always sound. I've heard you know the full body operations, and a lot of them almost seem like they are um, residual haunts, like you're seeing mm -hmm. like a imprint, a memory. A memory but shadow figures always every time they're ever caught on film or anybody always seem like they have an intelligence to them like yeah we're here but we don't want you to you know we don't want you to really see <laughs> see us yeah and it's it they just it gives me the willies like if you're looking sure. like to me if you look they know you're looking and they're stopping you know yeah. that's almost you know like they just know well, one, one quick thing happened there, too, was uh, at that uh, Palace Theater in Lorraine, was the, um, are, are you familiar with what a ghost light is? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had a ghost light, just a lamp on the stage. Uh, for those who don't, in your audience who don't know, the, um, it's just a lamp on the stage. It's basically a nightlight, right? Um, well, Jim had went out, and he said he unplugged it, because he said, well, we want to dim as many of the lights as possible. Well, he literally unplugged it, stepped off the stage, walked back to the back of the uh, of the theater, um, back towards the restrooms and stuff. Uh, and all of a sudden, they had the lights on the walls uh, above the presidential suites, just a little behind them. And they started to come up very, very slowly, very, very dimly. And they started lighting up the stage. Well, the, the owners had given us an iPad, and the iPad had control of all the lights on it. So... I'm like, okay, well, I kind of, I thought to myself, it's kind of silly. Why would you unplug the light and then turn those lights on? So Jim comes back and say, hey, what are those lights doing on? I said, I don't know. I thought you guys did it. He said, well, no, I didn't do it. So he went to find one of our team members and who had the iPad. 
And they went all over that iPad and could not figure out where the lights were for those specific lights. They eventually found the back of the soundboard and they had turned themselves on. Nobody had been back there. So as soon as he unplugged the stage lamp, the, the ghost <laughs> lamp on the stage, those lights, it was weird. It came up so slow. It was really like it, like it took seconds for them to come up to brightness. And when they stopped getting brighter, I was, I was still expecting them to continue to get brighter and brighter. And what's really weird, they came up to a brightness that was almost matched what the lamp on the stage had done. So the stage really wasn't any more lit up with those lights than it was with the ghost lamp. So it was was almost like something was like, look, we, we like this light. We like this. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, it's funny, but it's like, what the heck? So we turned them off and they stayed off the rest of the night, but is, but we had no explanation. Nobody, there was only six of us on the team. Um, and again, they weren't part of the iPad. So it wasn't like he accidentally hit them or something. And none of us were messing with the soundboard. There was no reason to. But, you know, then we went back and looked, and that's where they happened to find them. So, yeah. so, so don't go to the uh, the theater in Lorraine. Is that what you're yeah, telling yeah. <laughs> So what you're telling me? <laughs> you might enjoy it. I no, I would not. I would not enjoy. It. I would not enjoy knowing that there's people in the back wall hanging out or that there's somebody that that uh wants a little bit of extra lighting and and uh <laughs> up on the stage i would not enjoy that at all oh my god uh well robert i'm glad I, despite shane spencer's questionable um um characteristics and uh you know i'm just kidding i'm glad he i'm glad he recommended uh you know you to come on and, and share some of your experiences Thank you very much. Um, if we had time, I'd, uh, I'd, I had a full body apparition experience too, years before I ever got into investigation. Oh, wait a second. Okay, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Let's let's hear it. We got to hear it. We can't. We okay. Can't not. All right. Let's 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 hear it. I didn't. Yeah. I don't want to run you over on, the, on your uh, time, but what's well, over? So. we're we're the network. We we, we take care. Of, you you know, we're the ones that decide. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the little background. This would have been around 1992, 1993. I was stationed at Camp Pendleton, California. Uh, I was living in base housing. I was married to my first wife. Um, we had a townhouse, and the, it, you know, nothing weird ever happened. The, the the townhouse wasn't even that old at the time. That it had been built in the mid to late 80s, so it wasn't even that old of a building. Well, it was a Saturday afternoon. I'm upstairs taking a shower, um, and again at six foot seven. I'm tall enough that I can see over the shower door, right, without even trying. <laughs> and it was just the two of us. You know, we didn't have kids or anything. And so um, she's downstairs. I'm just taking a shower, just a nice warm shower. And all of a sudden, I see some movement out of the left corner of my eye. And I turn in my head and look. And by the time I got focused on it, what I saw was a woman walking past the bathroom door in the hallway. Um. So this, it was it was a an, like an actual person standing there, and I remember that she had her hair up in a bun in the back of her head. She was wearing a long dress and what I think was an apron. Uh, I mean, it looked like period clothing, like like Little House on the Prairie kind of kind of clothing. Um, she was solid, like complete, like 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 a real person being standing there 
with the exception of she had no color. Everything about her was shades of gray. So everything in the room had color and contrast, and she was shades of gray. And she never looked my way. She never acknowledged me. She just walked past the door out of my line of sight and disappeared. And my reaction was shock. I remember that I literally just like froze in place. Like I like, holy crap. I just can't believe I just saw this. And uh, I had goosebumps all over. I was in a hot shower. I had goosebumps all over. Uh, only way I know to describe it, it felt like somebody poured cold water down my spine. Um, I mean, it just like went through me. And half of me wanted to see it again because I was like, I want to confirm what I just saw. It was such a fleeting glimpse. And the other half of me, uh, the other half of me was like, I don't want to see any, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, I eventually got out of the shower. Of course, I looked. There was nothing there. I went downstairs. I asked my uh, my now ex-wife. They say, hey, were you upstairs while I was in the shower? She goes, no. I said, I'm being dead serious. Were you upstairs at any time while I was in the shower? She's like, no, I was down here the whole time. Why? What's up? And then I just explained what happened. But yeah, no idea. And um, you know, you talk about like 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 the the imprints of the memories. Mm-hmm. with some of that stuff i thought about that but i'm like but i mean what are the odds that there was a house exactly where this townhouse is that happened to have the floors at the exact same level that this entity would have walked past that bathroom door at the same height i, I don't know and that was my <laughs> full-bodied apparitions Oh, no big deal. Just the full body. <laughs> but <laughs> but when you but the reason though that you can also maybe think that that is probably a residual haunting is if it was intelligent and you're saying it looked like it was from a different time period, you wouldn't have any idea, you know, from what you described, what an indoor shower might be, you know, and oh, wouldn't yeah. it be wouldn't it be surprised like. Because sometimes I feel like hauntings maybe aren't go. Maybe it is another dimension, another timeline that we're rubbing up against, and we're maybe. seeing in them, and they're seeing in ours. And wouldn't they just be as just as shocked to see a six foot seven dude peeking over a shower, shower like <laughs> right. as as you would be to see them? So when they don't react the same way as we as we do towards them, it's almost to me like. Like the shadow figures. They obviously knew you guys were in there. They obviously were, I don't want to say obvious, but I mean, I've heard enough stories and seen enough things to think that they knew you guys were in the theater and they were purposefully staying just out of sight as best they could, you know? And something like that, though, it's almost like she she was oblivious that you were even there, didn't even care, you know? And and, and so I, I don't know. That's that's just just my take on it, but I mean, the just the fact that you thought somebody else might be in the house and it wasn't your wife is certainly enough to uh, to scare you. <laughs> no matter oh, what. Definitely, yeah. It it was quite the experience. I never I've, I've never felt anything like that before or since. That, that wow. sensation. It was it was something else. Wow. Well, yeah, that's the only way I know to describe it. It was just goosebumps and. Like I said, my my spine, my just right down my spine, just went ice cold. 
And again, that's just dumb luck. You just happen yeah. to be. You weren't like doing an investigation. That same thing may have happened, may happen every day at at some point in time, and you just are were never there to see it, you know? Yeah, yeah that could be. Maybe it, maybe it happened every Saturday afternoon and I just wasn't there all the other times it happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great. Now I'm afraid to to get off here and open the door out of the office into the hallway. That's why I keep yeah, it closed. Careful while you're taking a shower. That's why I keep it closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Shut while you're in the shower. Hey, well, this is a great way to kick off the new year. This is the yes. These are some great stories, and I don't I don't know if the full body apparition in the shower is going to get beat. I don't know if that's going to get beat for a, for a while. <laughs> For a while, but I, hey, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. And uh, you know, I hope I hope you get an opportunity to uh, see a Bigfoot out there with Shane and those guys. I think that'd be awesome. I certainly hope so. And well, I, thank and, you for having me today. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, uh, anytime. And if you do have one, have a sighting out there. I definitely want to hear about it. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. Ha 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 ha.